Now betting for the sports animal. Your afternoon drive. Number two, Menon, Van Nunley, and Fred Slow. And in the on deck circle, Amory Castillo. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. The greatest sports week in the history of New Mexico continues as the Lobos won on Saturday, the Aggies won on Saturday, and then all of New Mexico won last night at a city council meeting as the New Mexico United have been improved to put $30 million of their own dollars into a facility at Balloon Fiesta Park. And we got a new 11,000-seat stadium coming. DWC, David Weesey, Carl, welcome to the program, brother. Gentlemen, somos unidos. Thank you for having me on. Oh, so much to miss, I like that. You want to talk about the uh, Eagles first or the United? Uh, I There's not a wrong answer there. Jen's laid on me. <laughs> right. The United Stadium. It was a packed house last night at the city council meeting that uh, felt like it went all night long. Eventually a 7-2 to two vote in favor of the new stadium. Uh, what are the next steps? Or maybe recap what happened. Like, like make sure the friend of the show understands exactly what this new stadium is and what it means to not just United Soccer, but the city. Yeah, 100%. It's, it was a big, big night. As you mentioned, you know, city council approving a lease between New Mexico United and the city uh, in order to uh, have the team privately build using their own private dollars, as you mentioned, $30 million of their own money, um, a stadium, a, a soccer-specific multi-use stadium that will, uh, that will be the home for New Mexico United for years to come. It's, it was a big, big deal and took, uh, took a lot of effort and a lot of time to get to that point, went through a lot of processes, a lot of meetings, and, and a lot of conversations with a lot of people. Um, and uh, we got to the point last night where, where – it's not the final hurdle. There's still work to be done, but it's a big hurdle uh, to get past. And ultimately, that hurdle was, was crossed with a 7-2 vote from those city councilors. And they saw, you know, the value that this club brings and the entertainment value for families and, and the positive impact that the club has in the community and, and any num- other number of things um, to make this a, a reality. So it's, it's a really, really, really wonderful thing. And like I said, still work to do, but that was a big hurdle to be cleared last night. David, I know you and the rest of the New Mexico United family have been working your rear ends off for years on this. I know it feels amazing, all your hard work paid off, but you wouldn't be there without the support of the United fans in the community. Can you talk a little bit about the support you got from the curse, from like all the supporters? Yeah, it's unbelievable, fans of this club and, and the community that's been built around it. And, and community is the right word, like you said, Van. It's, again, this team's been around. We're going into year five here. Uh, excuse me, year six here. Excuse me. Um, but it's, it's been an unbelievable ride and, and friendships have been made. And, you know, the best man at my wedding was somebody I met through New Mexico United. And, you know, people have been married who met through New Mexico United. And, you know, it's just, it's just been such a community first, impact first club. And these relationships have been built, and and it's become part of a lot of people's identities. I include myself in that, you know. And when I go and I want to get a beer at the pub, I'm usually meeting up with United people. When I go and, you know, we want to celebrate something wonderful that happens, I'm typically meeting up with United people. And who are United people? It's anybody who wants to be a United person. I think that's one of the the beautiful things about the club is that it's for everybody, for every New Mexican. Um, And it's just been absolutely wonderful. So you talk about that support, right? We had the city council meeting last night. And the chamber's filled with people wearing black and yellow, not because they love soccer, even though I'm sure that's part of it. I love soccer, too. But because they 
recognize the community that's been built around this team and it's a community like I said that's for every New Mexican and you know now we get to continue that journey in a way that you know if we have a home now well we will have a home we have a path to getting a home to making it ourselves and as you mentioned privately funded um, we're really really excited about that and we're excited to continue to work with community members to make sure that this is something that benefits every single New Mexican. You're a bit of a wordsmith, Dave. You speak for a living. You're very good at it. Help me articulate something. So when I get on the Internet, when I get on the social media, I see a bunch of old hat ballooners throwing fits and talking about launch sites and landing and parking and and just a bunch of crybaby stuff. (laughs) And I want to say, please shut up. Like, I just want to say, please shut up. David, what is the best way for me to tell Ballooner this is okay? Well, I'm not going to tell anybody to shut up. Um, right. You know, I think it's important that we hear, and that's something that's been really important to us throughout this process, right? This is a, it's a big project. We're excited about it, but it's a big project, and there's a lot of people whose voices need to be heard when we do a big project like this. Namely, uh, first and foremost, is people who live in the general vicinity of where the stadium is going to be put, because there's nobody who's right up next to it. You know, Balloon Fiesta Park is kind of its own little island out there, but there are people nearby. So we've spent the entirety of, of months, you know, meeting with different neighborhood organizations and people who live in the area. And by the way, when this passed last night, that didn't end. You know, we're, we're committed to this being a community-first project, and we're going to continue to meet with people in the neighborhood. But another group is, is balloonists, right? This is Balloon Fiesta Park. It's the place where, you know, the greatest balloon festival in the entire world happens, the, the, the the coolest event to happen in New Mexico every single year happens at Balloon Fiesta Park. Balloon Fiesta is incredible and beautiful and wonderful. And so it's important that we listen, um, but it's also important that we deal in facts and not rumor and not slander and all these different things. So, you know, when people are talking about on social media how this is going to destroy the Balloon Fiesta, well, no, it's not. We're working directly with the Balloon Fiesta board and have directly worked with the Balloon Fiesta board for months, and that's something we're really, really proud of. When we started the conversation, Balloon Fiesta came to us with concerns about parking, which is a legit concern. You've been to Balloon Fiesta, and, you know, even now before the stadium's built, they probably don't have enough parking as it is. So they brought that to us as a concern, and we said, okay, Let's work collaboratively with the city, with Balloon Fiesta, with all these people. And we found out, found a way to work and create a plan. There will actually be a net gain in parking spots as a result of that. So, again, it's about being collaborative. It's not fear-mongering. It's not living in this backwards place where we can never grow as a city. We deserve nice things in New Mexico. We deserve to be able to work together to achieve those nice things. So I would never, ever ever tell anybody to to shut up or tell anybody that I don't want to hear them because that's how we get better. We listen to each other, we address concerns, and we work collaboratively. What's the next step in this process, Dave? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, as I mentioned, we, we continue to listen, to hold meetings, to hear about concerns, ideas, um, but now we do get to get to the fun part. I think I talked to you guys about this prior to us having the city council meeting. It's like if we get through this this vote, then we get to get to the fun part where we start thinking about, okay, how many people is this thing going to hold? What's the supporter section going to look like? What's the tailgate situation going to be? We're going to have a big berm on the east side. What's that going to look like? You know, things as you know, mundane as what's the bathroom going to look like, right? All of these things, but we get to get public input on those things, right? We get to bring in stakeholders, right? So if we want to have one of the things that's come up, which I think is a really good idea, a sensory room, right? Some people can get oh, overwhelmed that. for whatever reason at a game. 
let's, let's make sure we're including the right stakeholders and thinking, okay, if we want to put a sensory room in there, what are the things that it needs to have? What does it need to look like? How do we make sure it helps people make the game most accessible for everybody? So this is the fun part. I'm excited about it. And, and how do the supporters, how do uh, black and yellow fans start giving that input? I'll go first. 12-foot statue of Hobo Hank. Out yeah, there. that's a good one. We yeah. need to fo- really focus on that. Just the giant bronze statue of Hobo Hank right at the front, yes. you think? Uh, for sure. Our yeah. hero, our hero, Hobo Hank. Maybe, yeah. maybe right. someone says our hero, Hobo Hank. Yeah. Okay, maybe our hero, Hobo Hank Stadium, maybe for a name. <laughs> okay. That's super yeah. good. Now we're on to something. I really like that. <laughs> but it's a good question, man. No, I, I, I appreciate that. Uh, I think we're going to get through this Thanksgiving holiday. Hopefully everybody is able to spend some time with people they love and, uh, you know, give thanks for some incredible things. We're certainly thankful for the opportunity to to potentially create this, this wonderful community-based project. Um, but after that, we're going to, we're going to dive in to think about, okay, let's have some community meetings. And again, let's, whether those are with local neighborhoods, whether those are with fans, whether those are with, you know, businesses, whatever it is. So they can start giving their input on those specific things, everything from, you know, bathrooms to pavers and supporter sections and everything in between. So can you like schedule those means at like 705 so that we can make them or like, well, how's that work? 705. What's your address? Uh, right now we're, we're right next to the United Team store. Also, you may know it as the Albuquerque Duke store. Oh, um, we love the Dukes. Yeah. So we, yeah, we'll be, we would like to be a part of this. Um, also, yep. can we put in for our media passes now? We feel like there's going to be a lot of requests and we just don't <laughs> you, want you to forget the day oneers. Um, you know, that's, that's an important point. You know, I think when, uh, you guys remember this season, there was a point where it did seem like United was maybe a little bit down and out and people counted us out. And then we went on this historic run to make the playoffs and you know, who I never called, counted us out. You know who called that the whole time? Me. Fred slow, Van Nunley and Amory Castillo never counted yeah. us out. So you're currently in Kansas City, is that correct? Uh, I actually just landed in Columbus, Ohio, or I'll be visiting family for the Thanksgiving holiday. But uh, oh, okay. spent spent a very pleasant evening in Kansas City last night. Okay, and you know, I just I have a weird question. You can tell me if this makes sense or if it doesn't. But did you get a chance to talk to like Jeffrey Lurie and say, "Hey, we have a new stadium. Like maybe bring the Eagles down and like just." Just like play one, just play one game. Did you you know, they do training camp in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. It's right next door. Maybe they can just do it here instead. Yeah, I think that's correct. perfect. Yeah, I just, I don't understand why they couldn't. Just, yeah, just pack it kind of makes sense. Same weather, same elevation, yeah. same food, yep. same culture. That's, yeah. Perfect. People often say that Bethlehem, PA is the Albuquerque of the East. I've heard that before. They, uh, yeah. they always say uh, Albuquerque, uh, and yeah, those people are in straight jackets. That's yeah. yeah. I've done a stand-up comedy show there. It's awesome. I'm so sorry. <laughs> the crowd was one of the most wild crowds I've ever performed for. Did you did you go up on stage and flap your arms like an eagle and then they? Uh, no, 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 no. Don't feel go like birds. Go birds. Don't feel like much more. Uh, last one. You were there in person watching the Eagles at the Chiefs. Does Patrick Mahomes look as bad in person as he did on TV? Yeah, I think both the quarterbacks looked a little rough last night, if I'm being honest. And I think it was for different reasons. I think Patrick Mahomes just looked inconsistent. He couldn't hit his throws right. He wasn't setting his feet right. I think Jalen Hurts, I wouldn't blame him as much as I would blame the O-line for, for Philadelphia last night. We looked a little bit porous. 
five sacks in the first half. They tightened it up in the second half and looked better, but still not terrific. And it was funny at the, at halftime, I, I looked over at, at my stepdad who I was there at the game with. I said, we only have 78 yards of offense, which is obviously nothing in a half. Second half, the Chiefs only had 37. So it was definitely a tale of two halves, a uh, good defensive battle, and the right team came out on top. Go Birds. David Weesey, Carl, thank you, brother. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Dave. So what I'm taking away is don't tell people to shut up. He said use your adult words is what he said. Oh, like a professional? I've never worried about that before. Why would now? Why, be why start now? Yeah, like I'm, yeah, why start now? I'm not here. I'm, I'm straight opinion. Everything about me is only opinion. Like zero basis in fact. Well, no, I mean, it's a fact that you only operate in opinion. That's a good one. So there's one. Yeah. The handful of things I know are very few. But I know I, I don't personally like when people have different uh, core values and beliefs than me. Oh, that's a bummer. Well, that's the one I got. Okay. You should be a little more open-minded and, more importantly, open-hearted, Fred. If David Weesey Carl had said that, I would say yes. But because you said it, I'm going to fight it. You're going off of it. You're going off To the very end. <laughs> oh, welcome back to the Republican Party. Amory, hey, hit us with those headlines where we get back. It's two men on. 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Now, hey, Mary, we only got like four minutes. Now, mandatory NFL headline. I understand we have four minutes. Do what I want. And I know we have to talk to the one and only Danny Gonzalez of your UNM football team. Okay, well, I wanted to start off with this headline. Briefly touched on it earlier. Uh, There's the first Black Friday game ever in the NFL. Uh, And it will be, it will be. Weird. You can hear it on the sports Very animal. Uh, it will be the Dolphin, uh, the Jets and the Dolphins. And if you didn't know, and you probably heard today, the Jets to start quarterback Tim Boyle over Zach Wilson. Who? Who's Tim Boyle? Entered the league in 2018. Went through the Green Bay Packers, the Detroit Lions, and the Chicago Bears. Basically, almost all the NFC North. And then landed on the New York Jets. Should Zach Wilson been bench y'all? Well, I mean, I mentioned it earlier in the program. They should have benched him week one of the NFL and got a different quarterback altogether. They have enough data on Zach Wilson already to know that he is a dumpster fire. I'm sure he's a lovely person. He has great taste in older women, apparently, but he's not a starting NFL quarterback. They'd be better off with almost anyone. Cut him. Let him go somewhere else. Learn what an actual organization looks like. (laughs) He's only 24. He's going to put some weight on. He's going to be fine. He's a young man. Scrawny. Scrawny. Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson has missed the past six games with a hamstring injury. He's not good. Faker. Today he tweeted out that his health is way more important than you winning your fantasy game. Partly true. Partly true? Which which league? Does the guy that keeps texting our show also keep texting Justin Jefferson? Because this guy sucks. (laughs) Is he still going? I quit looking. He's still going. Oh, good. This is fun. Thank you. Thank you for making my afternoon better, whoever you are. You're welcome. Oh, oh, I thought you were talking to me. Ah. No. We Uh, rarely are. A. Marie's the main character. Patriots, Bill Belichick. Uh, He's not ready to name. Uh, who is the starting quarterback going into week 12. But he mentioned everybody in the whole team. 
I've told everybody to be ready to go. I, 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 I just told everybody to be ready to go. Uh, you'll, you'll find out when the lineups get released on, on Sunday who's, who's going to be our starting quarterback. You don't. We got we got fifty. We got fifty-three guys here that want to play football. So do the New England Patriots way, and they're going to. We're all preparing all week, and the guys work really hard, and uh, we'll, we'll see them on Sunday. I just feel like Amory doesn't have to say Patriots before she says Bill Belichick. Like I feel like everyone I'm trying to be a professional. <laughs> yeah. What well, here now at a time like this? Yes, when I do NFL headlines. Okay. Wrong show. All right, Hard Knocks is starting. In-season Hard Knocks is starting, and it is starring the, the Miami Dolphins. And what is this thing? Hard Knocks. There's an in-season Hard Knocks? There's been an in-season. That's wild. Have they ever done it with a good team? Yeah. Well, they did it with the Cardinals and Colts previously, and now they're doing it with Mike McDaniel and the Miami Dolphins. He is fired up. About like he's happy about this? Yes. Yeah, me too. Yeah. They finally have a good, interesting team to follow, and I'll finally watch it. Put a microphone on Mike McDaniel, and I'll just thank you. You don't need to do a story on a single player nope. on that team. There's no this one. This is all Mike McDaniel. Well, who was the name of that guy, that fullback we interviewed from Miami? It was so nice at the this Super the Bowl. Nicey McNice guy? Yeah, it was, he was crazy nice. What? I'll get his name for you, Amory. Keep going. Thank you. Broncos safety Kareem Jackson suspended second time for repeated violations of player safety rules after going head Helmet to helmet with Josh Dobbs, prime time when the Broncos took on the Vikings. Ingold. Yeah, Alec Oh, Ingold. he's a nice guy? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's what I said. Nicey McNice or something. He is, and he was adopted, and he, like, told us whole. He was so nice. Yeah, very nice. Check him out. Check him out. Check him out. And uh, I know we have, this is a short headlines, but also Deshaun Watson says he's expected to return for the 2024 season. Oh, duh. Okay. Nobody cares. <laughs> Head coach of the UNM Lobos, Danny Gonzalez, whenever we get back. Two men on, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Back on the program, back live at the Albuquerque Duke store. Let's go. Let's go. Head coach of your UNM Lobo football team, Danny Gonzalez. Only one minute late today. That's my fault. We tried so hard for the holiday. Coach Gonzalez, welcome to the program. How are you, brother? I'm doing great. I appreciate you guys having me on. Good. How's Bill doing? Because I've been thinking about him kind of a lot. Is like, he he's, tired? He's kind of the only thing I've been thinking about. <laughs> oh, you know, these, these guys that play, uh, I mean, the way he plays the game, so physical and violent, it, it takes him two or three days to get all the, the soreness and the bumps and bruises gone. Uh, he practiced hard today. We don't have as many days to recover as we normally do since we play on Friday. But he's a, he's a tough sucker, and you saw him, how he ran on, on uh, Saturday night. That's just who he is, so he'll be fine for Friday afternoon. Are you talking about how he was part of an offense that last weekend at 528 total yards? Is that what you're talking about, Coach? I am, and, and over 300 yards rushing. I mean, you got to be proud of the offensive line because Bill, I mean, as special as he is, he can't do it by himself, and he really didn't need to because they did a great job of knocking him off the ball. And then one guy is not going to tackle Bill very often, so – uh, they were able to exploit him, and then both our quarterbacks were able to throw the ball when they needed to. So it was a fun night. 200 yards on the ground. Man. That's a bonkers game. Yards. Is it a dumb question to ask if Bill got the game ball, or is it all 12 of your special teams coaches? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, the, the game ball actually went to Andrew Erickson. Uh, Andrew Erickson is, I mean, as unselfish football player, 
one, he's a really, really good football player, but I thought he might have made the biggest play in the game when Dylan threw the interception and Andrew chased the guy down from behind and caused yeah. the fumble for us to get the ball back and DJ recovered it. And then we throw an interception five plays later and the defense goes out and gets a three and out. I mean, I think those things changed how we've had our football team handle adversity all year long. Big holes on the offensive line. You're able to move it around a little bit through the air. Obviously, I think you're going to have a, a quarterback conversation soon. You don't have to speak on that part yet. What is it like for the offense to average over that real special seven, uh, or excuse me, six per play? Like what you were at seven and a half or something, average yards per play. What does that mean for the offense to be rolling? Well, I mean, it, it's, it's huge for our football team. Uh, we went down the field on the very first drive and, and had to settle for a field goal because of a pass interference penalty that I thought their corner pushed our guy into him. And then we hit the field goal. Um, they went down and scored. We got stopped. They scored again. And then from that point on, when it was 14 to three, I mean, I thought our football team just started, started clicking. We went six, three into, uh, six, three outs in a row on defense. And we started running the ball. I mean, we had three drives of over 90 yards on offense. So uh, when you're clicking like that, you're a hard football team to beat. Coach, just last week we were, we were talking on this program that, like, there's just been flashes of brilliance all year. I think you left a couple wins on the table that were very winnable games, and you played your hearts out in a couple that you're in it. When this, when the clock expired, were you just, like, palms up in the air, like, gesturing broadly, like, this is the team we've had all year? Well, I think that's part of the frustrations. I thought after Hawaii – I thought we had done some really good things. I thought we were kind of making that turn to play like a good football team. And then we laid an egg in the first half of Nevada. We throw three interceptions and, and we don't play well. We get into a hole at 24-0 and we get within a one possession game, but it wasn't enough to come all the way back. And then we play competitive football early on, go toe to toe with uh, UNLV and Boise, but we just kill ourselves and don't fight through adversity. And then Saturday, we're in a similar situation, and we do fight through adversity with the mental toughness. And this is the football team that I thought we've had all year long. Uh, frustrated that we did leave some wins on the table, but I think the opportunity to have a turning point in a program, uh, when you go to beat a team like Fresno State, who's 8-2, and two, two weeks ago ranked in the top 25, we're fighting for, I mean, they, they won two Power 5 road games at Purdue and Arizona State this year. I mean, we beat a good football team. And, I thought we played that way, and we can we can we can really build on that momentum if we can do it again against Utah State on Friday. Head coach Danny Gonzalez joining us on the program. We're talking about the football game last weekend. We'll talk about the football game coming up this Friday as well. Coach Fresno State, obviously, the history between Fresno State and the Lobos has not been on the Lobos side. This seems like a big turning point. The four wins seems like a big turning point. I think Van, did we say earlier in the year? Twenty sixteen is the last time the Lobo football program and had this many wins uh coach does it feel different down there at the university right now does it feel different around the stadium well you know what the the great thing is our football team is resilient i have felt that way all year long i mean i they show up to work every day we're a blue collar organization that all they know is how to do is work believe in what we're doing and continue to fight and i thought they fought just like uh every they fought all 11 games we just made more plays in key moments of the game on saturday so it's an upbeat. Uh, I think that's you, you dictate your attitude. You are who you are every single day in every situation. So if you're going to be a lazy person in one thing, you're going to be a lazy person in everything you do. Uh, we control our effort, our attitude, and I want to. And that's been the build of this team and, and the build of this program. 
and uh, that's the expectation every single day, and that's how they walk around. You got two different quarterbacks, two different skill sets. Both played pretty well this past weekend. Any consideration at all, Yaffle style, running these guys in from the sidelines with the plays every other play? <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> we will we will play both of them. Heck, we might even play both of them at the same time sometimes. We'll give you some Yaffle stuff like that. Why not? There we go. Uh, I think both of them do have some special skill set and, and – it's really hard to prepare for when you know two quarterbacks are going to play. It would be one thing if Devin went in there, and every time Devin went in there, the only thing he did was uh, run the football. But Devin has an unbelievable arm, so they can't just load the box and play straight man coverage and, and outnumber you. So they both give it. I mean, Dylan's got a laser precision arm. When he's on, he's on. He needs 51 yards to get to 2,000 on the year. Devin needs 48 to get to 500 on the year to have a 2,500-yard quarterback position, which we haven't had around here since the early 2000s with Don yep. Puerto Rico. Uh, so, and then Bill, he needs 40-some yards to get to 1,000. I mean, we've, we've got some things that are, are really special happening. Uh, and then continue the way we played defense on Saturday and, and build this team and continue to grow forward. Final one for the Lobos is this Friday, 1.30 kickoff. It's, I mean, obviously final home game, obviously final one of the season. As you're looking forward to it, are there any sort of, of chapters you're looking to close? Are there any sort of chapters you're looking to start with a final opportunity? What is the off-the-field stuff that we might not be seeing, Coach, preparing for this Friday? Well, I mean, recruiting never stops. We have uh, 17 kids set up for visits on December 1st that weekend. You're going to have senior day where there's four seniors. you got Dylan Hopkins, Jeremiah Hickson, Tito Stafford, and, and – uh, um, Dante Martin, who are playing their last games as a Lobo. Uh, that'll be fun to celebrate. And then, obviously, you're going to see into the future of Lobo football with Devin Dampier. So, I mean, there's a lot of great opportunities. Might have lost stadium and cheer on the Lobos, and let's have some fun. You know, speaking of Devin, what are we going to expect out of him going forward? Is he going to get some more reps uh, this Friday, or is it going to be business as usual? that we've got a package for for Devin to play 20 to 25 plays we usually play anywhere from 60 to 70 in a game uh if Devin goes in there and he's slicing and dicing he's hot then Devin will end up getting 30 40 45 plays I mean if Dylan's hot then we'll ride with Dylan and and throw some of those things that we do with Devin because you have to if you're going to make somebody prepare for him you better go see if they prepared right and then you can figure out what to do schematically but you'll definitely see Devin Dampier on the football field on Friday afternoon and, and get another glimpse of what the future holds. And the future with that young man at the helm with his leadership and what he's been able to do as a true freshman is really, really bright. Speaking of preparing, what does the university prepare for a Thanksgiving meal for a football team? So what we do, uh, Thursday is our typical day before Friday's on a home game. The, the players don't have to be at the stadium until 4 o'clock. Uh, the coaches will be in at three, which is a little bit later than normal because the coaches are going to host their players at their house. We'll have a bunch of players over at our house, uh, on Thursday at noon for little Thanksgiving dinner. So Miss Sandra is going to be really busy cooking and I'll do whatever I can to help her. She does an unbelievable job. She, she not only, she spoils these boys. I mean, she brings them donuts every Wednesday after practice. She makes them the brookies, the half brownie, half cookie every Thursday before they either get on the plane or they, they go to play the or they go to the hotel on Friday, so they're spoiled. So they'll come over to the house, we'll have some fun, and then when we get to 
University Stadium at 4 o'clock for meetings and stuff, it's business as usual because we have a football game to win on Friday at 1.30. Do, do you split up the offensive linemen into a bunch of different houses? Because you can't feed all those That's guys in question. one house, right? Yeah. Well, Coach Blankenship and, uh, and Miss Laura, they're going to have their hands full. <laughs> <laughs> Anything we missed in this final week, Coach? Anything we missed for the Lobo fan? Anything we maybe haven't shared that you want to make sure is out there in the world of Lobo supporter? No, you know what I what I appreciate appreciate about Lobo supporter is, I know there's been all the rumblings and there's people that say you know turn the page, move on, fight, go a new direction. The majority of the people that I and I really appreciate all of them, even the ones that are talking bad. The majority of the people are saying finally this is this is where we're headed, this is where we're going, and I and I appreciate that because the love for Lobo athletics. Uh, obviously, we want 30,000 people in the stadium. We want 18,000 or 15,000 people in the pit. Keep the faith. Keep building. I think we showed what kind of football team we are. Now we've got to be a consistent football team. Uh, I mean, our, our plan the whole time was in year five to start competing for a championship. Year four, be competitive. We showed we're competitive. We beat a couple good teams. Now it's about trying to compete for a championship, and that's where we're at in our program. So I appreciate all you guys do. I hope everybody has a happy Thanksgiving week. Um, Fred, give thanks for everything you have. I'm very thankful for everything I have in my life, and we get an opportunity to lace them up Friday at 1.30, so come on out to the den and have fun. Happy Thanksgiving, guys, and go Lobos. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Coach. Kind of fun to play spoiler for Fresno State, too. You know, so I, good. I don't want to bring that up and be so like, good. hey, Coach, how good does it feel to knock them out of the contention from the Mountain West? Because that's a, that's a mean thing. That's yeah. a mean thing. But to to become like a regular contender and a, I'm going to use the word perennial, you know, here, you got to be a spoiler first. You know, you got to show little glimpses. And they put Fresno right on their tush. And then I went on Twitter afterwards and I looked at all those stupid Fresno fans on Twitter saying, <laughs> look at us, we suck. We lost to a sucky team. And I looked at their little tears, their little, their little X.com tears. And I looked right at them and I said, I love this. I love the way you feel. You're feeding me. That's what I did, Steve. <laughs> Speaking of Steve, you're yeah. so mean. Prognosticator extraordinaire, right here, mm-hmm. Steve Paul Masano of the Duke's Team Store, up, but called it. I said we're going to leave this season with a big win over Utah State. Mm-hmm. Steve said, "Not so fast, my friend. We're winning both." Yep. Hey, that is true. That's the Sigma Chi in him. It's two men on ninety-five point nine FM and AM six ten. The Sports Animal. Ten minutes till six o'clock. At six o'clock, Sid the Kid Luciano joins us. Yeah. This is one of the features of Duke City Championship Wrestling. Decided to have him on. Steve Palmasano stepped away to run off some vagabonds or something. I don't know what he was doing. What's going on outside, Steve? We're at the Duke store. They're shooting a movie. Is that what you said? Shooting a movie here at the Duke store tonight. What, did you go out there and check their permit, Steve? Yeah, so you went, you went out there? I thought there was a writer's strike. It's, no, there's no Young Guns sequel. That's not correct. Speaking of things that need a sequel, 13 years ago today, Richard Seymour punched Ben Roethlisberger right in the face in one of my favorite NFL moments of all time. All right, deserved. Let's go to commercial. Let's do it. <laughs> oh. oh, God. There are some of those where... Because I think, because dudes know. Sure. Like, dudes know. You know. You get a chance to take a shot at, you take it. Yeah. Just decked him right in the head. There's, like, 
There's no way you can make all professional athletes be good people. Like, there's no way you can do that. Right? Oh, it's statistically, it's impossible. It's impossible. It's too big of a sample size. There's going to be some dirt bags in there. But Richard Seymour is a low key hero. And he seems like a dude too. He seems like a dude. Yeah. Do you remember when he got moved on from? Hold on. Moving forward, feminist legend Richard Seymour. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's a hero. <laughs> Susan B. Seymour. He ended up in at the time Oakland. He ended up in Oakland, and he was like, I, sh- I should still be on the Patriots. What is going on here? <laughs> That's when Bill Belichick was could do no wrong, you know? Decked him right in the head. Raiders legend, Richard Seymour. Raiders legend and uh, feminist icon, Richard Seymour. Finally, a Raiders guy punched someone for a good reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's the, it's the only one. <laughs> Pretty sure it's the only one. Hey, I low-key kind of bleed silver and black. Like, I don't see the Raiders, like, aside from Bill Romanowski, I don't really see the Raiders ever doing it the wrong way. Like, they have this really bad reputation. Right. They're kind of the forefront of everything that's, like, of my core values. Yeah, I mean, in the 60s and 70s, when, air quotes, everyone was doing it, they were just the best at it. Yeah. And also, if you're going to get punched in the middle of the field, it couldn't have happened to a better guy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Did you see, speaking of violence on a football field, you see during the Browns-Steelers game, one of the Browns, I mean, excuse me, one of the Steelers, one of the Steelers lost a helmet, and then Miles Garrett yes. picked up the Steelers' helmet, and they, all and they just him. swarmed him immediately, like, no, 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 <laughs> oh, hand that back. Not get again. That, get that out of your hands right now. <laughs> oh, gosh. Here's a fun stat. The Browns and the Chiefs have the same record. Blows my mind. The Browns have outscored the Chiefs. Blows my mind. The Chiefs need a better quarterback. I can't say this. Oh, God, here we go again. He cannot pass it. Trade Patrick Mahomes, rebuild. This thing is over. They're not. 505-246-0610. They have the same record as the Jags. It's a single person. A single person out there. Agree with Fred. All right, look, one. Hear me out. One person. Browns, Chiefs, Jags, all the same record. Well, Bra- Jags are the best team in football. That's, Let's get that I, out. Okay, I just want to yeah. make sure we're on the same page. Yeah, there. Trevor Sunshine. I look exactly like a Easter Island statue. Lawrence is the best quarterback in the NFL. The Texans are right below him. C.J. Stroud's the truth. Stud. The truth. And then the absolute best team in football, the Detroit Lions, which are going to win big on Thursday. They're right above him. The Chiefs. Uh, I hate you, but uh, <laughs> why I despise you, uh, but uh, uh, go to hell. That's unnecessary. Perfectly timed. Nope, it's not for me. Perfectly timed. Oh, well done, Amory. The Browns, the Lions, contenders. Now the Browns are contenders because they have the proper quarterback. Yeah. Before they had. You got get rid of the pervert. Yes. Bring in like an upstanding citizen to lead your team. I'm into that. I'm into everything you just said to me. Yeah. And the Chiefs, and I don't even know who would want Patrick Mahomes. See, it always comes around. You mention Ben Roethlisberger, mm-hmm. and then Deshaun Watson in the, the waiting. W- yeah. uh, sexual assaulting one upper. Mm-hmm. It goes all the way around, comes back to Deshaun Watson. Do you think Hard Knocks will be able to easily edit down all of the McDaniel like monologues? Oh, there's no way you put them all on. There, this is the Mike McDaniel show. Yeah. 
I don't care what Tua's like in real life. I don't, I don't care rookie Devin Arcane, what he's like off the clock. Give me Mike McDaniel all day, every day. And Alec Ingold. Naturally, yeah. Friend of the show. Hey, nice guy. He could be a preacher if he wanted to be a preacher. I mean, he just exudes kindness. He could be a ringmaster if he wanted to be a ringmaster. Because he exudes big hats. He could sell snake oil. To, to a snake. To, well, that, I mean, you get the. <laughs> but he's that guy, right? Like, he's old, timey, carny. Like, the thing that Mike McDaniel is passionate about is fortunate to have Mike McDaniel's passion. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And his He's not better because of football. Football is better because of him. I feel like, yeah, he'd be, like, the best app generator. Like, he has the best app ideas. Like, there's got to be something better than Twitter inside the caverns of Mike McDaniel's brain, and we just don't know yet because he has to coach the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. And then, and also, he kind of like, in my opinion, he makes these larger than life. Like everyone in these NFL rosters are my size. Mm-hmm. Like there's one Sid the Kid Luciano, and then there's a bunch of Fred Slows. Uh-huh. And Mike McDaniel sits them down in like a in like a seminar room, and they all look like little kids. Uh huh. Because he's he's the leader of all the muscle. This is. Did you ever see Spaceballs? Uh, a bunch of times. He reminds me of Dark Home. He's that good? He's that good. He's that good. Say the kid Luciano joins us where we get back. We're talking Duke City Championship wrestling. I'll take that one off. No, you will not. Uh, Steve, what are we doing? You want you, to go grab a, grab a cocktail? You love Duke City Championship wrestling at the Historic El Rey Theater Monthly. That's not what I said. Oh, what would you say? I'll take it off. Tune on 95.9 <laughs> FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal.